Back with another Beyond the Chair podcast, where I go live every Wednesday to discuss any and everything barber. And we got some fun stuff to talk about, I must say. And before we, you know, you clicked on this video, you you looked at the title of the video, and it probably piqued your interest because you're curious about taxes. Now, let me just throw this little disclaimer out here real quick. I am a, I am not a licensed tax professional. Don't trust me. I'm just an idiot on YouTube, okay? Or if you listen to this on all the podcasts and platforms, I'm just an idiot, okay? Do not listen to me. But I'm going to give you guys some game about taxes and things like this, being a barber. Now, this whole thing came up from last week's. This is kind of like a continuation of last week's podcast because someone, I think it was D Ortiz. If, if I, and I, I hope I, I remember his name correctly and I'm not just like <laughs> referencing the wrong person, but he did mention something about barbers need to stop spending money on clippers, blah, blah, blah. And I had to correct him because that's not necessarily true. A lot, of, a lot of barbers have this misconception like, oh, I don't want to spend any money. Oh, I don't want to spend any money. Sometimes you need to spend money. And I don't understand why barbers don't understand this. But when I hear barbers say this, it, it automatically makes me think they're probably not up to up to on game as far as taxes and how taxes work and the benefits of doing things like this. Now, I'm an advocate. I'll tell you. I mean, look, if you guys watch my videos watch my product reviews and things like this. I'm an advocate on not wasting your money on all of these new products that came out, uh, especially what, 2019? Yeah, 2019, a lot of products came out. Even this year, you know, we had a few products come out earlier in the year, but then the Rony Rona happened. But a lot of products that barbers are just buying and stuff like that and people are just like man these clippers are good why do you need more or people complain about cordless clippers and that oh over the long run you're gonna have to spend more money on clippers which again it goes back to what i say if you know stuff about taxes it's not that big of a deal because think about this okay and i guess we'll just start it off on this note i didn't really have a plan or anything like that shout out to everyone who's listening right now um, let me make sure this is good, but, um, here's the thing. When you go out and buy those 300, let's say we're, we're just talking about the masters here, right? So you go out and buy those $300 pair of masters. Yes, they cost you $300. However, it's a good investment. If you're a barber, especially if you're a professional barber and you're cutting in the hair or cutting hair in the, in the barber shop or wherever you're cutting hair full time. Okay. It's a good investment because that little $300 investment, you can turn around and make thousands of dollars on that, that initial investment of 300. There aren't many investments where you can pay $300, but then turn that $300 into thousands of dollars. And I don't mean just like one, $2,000. You can turn this into tens of thousands of dollars just by your work of cutting hair. Get you some uh, cordless masters, some edges, whatever, whatever you want. You know I mean, you can come in a lot lighter than that, but I'm I'm just using that as, as a reference because a lot of people say they're expensive. You know, of course, I don't think they're that expensive anymore. You can get them for a lot cheaper. But initially, when they first came out, selling out like hotcakes, everybody wanted them, a lot of hype behind them. And everyone wanted to get a pair. Now, here's the thing. 
that is a tax write-off. If you can hear me, um, press a one in the comments if you can hear me. So this is a tax write-off, guys. This is something that, yes, you might pay. Like, again, we're still using hypotheticals, right? We're still using hypotheticals. So hypothetically, you're spending $300 on these clippers. But with the tax deductions, and I don't have the calculator. I don't have a calculator in front of me. Okay, I see you guys. Um, sound off in the comments, guys. Like, you know, I want to sit here like I'm talking to thin air. But it, look, it, it'll probably make this, this podcast go by, by a lot quicker if I just get to all my points and then close the show. But I see you guys in the comments. Shout out to everybody. So I don't have a calculator in front of me or the the tax deductible calculator. But let's just say, hypothetically speaking, that $300 pair of clippers after tax deductions, let's say that clipper is now $210, right? Because you got tax write-offs. You were able to write off like $90 worth of that clipper. That changes the scope of everything. So the argument of their $300 is too expensive. No, you guys have to look at this like a business. You guys have to Oh, okay, I see we got some some ladies in the building. Okay, ladies coming in, showing up. That's what's up. Uh, you're saying, can you put the fat master on the corded or the cord master? Um, I don't know what you mean. You need to reword your question because I have no idea what that means. Um, so that $300 clipper is not the same $300 clipper after tax deductions. Because the beautiful part about tax deductions is you reduce your your risk of being taxed on the money that you are going to be taxed. Now, let's say you make, because a lot of barbers talk about this, the $100,000, right? Let's say you make $100,000. Now, we're, gonna, we're not going to, well, we're going to talk about this in a bit on how to structure your business as far as, you know, you're being a barber, you're whether you got a DBA, you're a sole proprietor, you got an LLC, you got a whatever. Um, we're we're going to get into that a little bit later. But let's just say you have $100,000 and now your taxable income is $100,000, which that's going to put you in a, a higher tax bracket, of course. And I don't have the percentages. Like, it's so hard. Like, there's so much information upstairs in my head. It's like, it's hard to remember everything. But I forget the percentage that would $100,000 would land you in, which tax category. I don't know if that's... Is it 33% or something? I can't remember. If someone knows, drop it in the comments. I'm sure you guys could probably Google it and, and drop it in the comments for me. But at that point, you're being taxed on $100,000. And this is what pisses me off about barbers. Now, one barber in my barbershop over the week, yeah, over the weekend, because this guy comes in on the weekends. Um, And he might be watching this too, because sometimes he watches my videos. And... He was like, he uses alcohol, right? You know, like some barbers use just alcohol when they're over and just light the people up. They light them up with alcohol. Some people use sea breeze. Some people use like what, uh, you know, witch hazel, whatever. I use witch hazel and sea breeze. So, you know, a little different. Um, So he was like, oh man, it's hard to find alcohol around here. You know, with, with the Rony Rona, he's like, man, it's hard to find alcohol around here. He's like, man, I'm not trying to go over there and pay pay extra money to get the sea breeze, which, you know, if you guys know, alcohol's cheap. You get you some green alcohol. You can get you like a bottle of alcohol for a dollar, right? And 
Seabreeze, let's just say Seabreeze is six, seven dollars. A lot more than you're customarily uh, used to paying. I, I get it. But however, I don't get it because if you're smart, if you're thinking like a business, that's a tax write off. But then you also have to look at barbers that make those assumptions or those assessments or those statements. You have to look at them and say, hmm, is this guy really filing his taxes? Because if he was, he would pay up a little extra coin to buy something nicer, not just to be cheap. Because I, I kid you not, you have barbers out there that don't want to spend money on anything and try and get by on the bare minimum, which pisses me off. You know, my barbershop owner, he does it too. He's cheap. He uses alcohol. He don't want to spend money on stuff. And I'm just saying to myself, <laughs> which, you know, I'm, I'm going I'm to talk. I'm going to, I'm yeah, I'm going to talk about him for a second. But. Those people, I'm like, are you guys really filing your tax correctly? Because if that's the case, like, what are you guys writing off? If, if you want to pocket all this money, you're going to be taxed on all that money. So in some cases, it's good to have some write-offs. Now, what you guys need to understand, and I do this going into the year. I actually, I start planning, I, you know, because I look, I'm a business, right? You're a business as a barber. I look at it like this. I go into the new year and I don't wait till December. I usually do this around October, November, where I'll start projecting. I'll start looking into next year and saying, hmm, based off the numbers, I'm probably going to do more money, which means I'm, I'm going to have, you know, to write off a little bit more. Like this year, before the Rony Rona hit, I was on pace to double my income. Okay. Now the Rony Rona's here. It's kind of pissing me off. I'm going to be honest. Um, just a little quick update. When before I went back to work, I knew the first week or two would be fast and furious. I knew this, but I also knew it's probably going to die off those weeks after. I'm not sure how you guys are where you are, but where I am. Yes, it dipped off hard. Like it's not that busy in the barbershop at all. It is not that busy in the barbershop. And these are effects of the Rony Rona. And it also makes sense when I think about it because, I, you know, I have a stock portfolio. I invest money in stocks. Link in the description below to uh, Robinhood if you want to get started. You can get yourself a free stock. Shameless plug. But I noticed with the companies that I invest in, yes, they're starting to get back to earnings, but their earnings aren't the same because they're not just at full capacity. Same thing with the barbershop. We're at full capacity, but there are people that are still scared, you know, with the whole riots and looting and stuff going on, especially if you live in a big city, that can be a thing. And it's just so much stuff happening right now where a lot of my clients, and I'm going to be honest with you, some of y'all might lose clients. And I, I factored this into everything. I factored in that I'm probably going to lose some clients because of the coronavirus. Because, of, like I said, if you guys have been tuning into the podcast, I didn't come back to the barbershop right away. Which means some of my customers got their haircut, which means, hey, they got their haircut already. So they probably won't need me for a while. And that is, of course, if they come back. So then it goes back to what I just said. You're probably going to lose some customers due to the coronavirus. That's just how it is. So I, f I factored all that stuff in. Now let's talk about my barbershop owner. He was, we were, we were talking, I don't know. I think it was a Monday. Now I have a client 
he's rich. He's a buddy of mine, actually. We used to uh, train and fight together in, in Florida. And then he actually moved out to Dallas, you know, and got rich. And now I'm in Dallas. And I'm, you know, trying to get rich myself. So he's a client of mine. I cut his hair now and stuff. And uh, recently, my my buddy, client, he just got a Bentley. What kind of Bentley did he get? Because he had an AMG Mercedes. Um, I think he got a Bentley Continental GT. I think that's what he got. But he got a Bentley Continental GD, and, you know, he, he has all sorts of cars, like Range Rovers and just all, all sorts of stuff. Um, and <clears throat> the barbershop owner, he's like, hey, he's like, man, why why you, so I see your boy got the new car, and, you know, because he's in the car, my shop barbershop owner, he has like four cars. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, got the little Bentley, you know, so I was like, it's cool, you know. And he was, he made a comment, and I was just like, and it just, it's one of those things where it's like when people make sly comments, I can tell that they aren't knowledgeable about money and certain things and how things work. He was like, man, you're, and I don't know if he owns this car or if he's leasing the car or, you know, he's on payments. I have no idea because I didn't ask him. I didn't really care. Right. It's not my business. So he was saying that, oh man, your man's leasing the car, which I don't know if he's leasing the car. How does he know that he's leasing the car? Right. And he was like, man, you don't don't you know that's that's a waste of money? He's just blowing money. He's just throwing money down the drain. He's like, and he's like, man, I own all my cars. And and I looked at him kind of like, okay. <laughs> and then I I had to stop him. I was like, I was like, Marcus, I was like, he's rich. Okay. The same rules don't apply to him as they do to you. And he's like, I'm a six figure nigga. And I was like, oh, here we go. And I'm just like, whatever. But I'm, I was just like, he's rich. Who cares if he has a car payment, if he has a lease or whatever? He's rich. Okay. The rule, the same rules that apply to me does not apply to my man over here. Okay. He, he lives by a whole different set of rules. <laughs> so I was, I was just, <laughs> I was just like, come on. How do you not understand this? Like, I understand the typical mindset of the, you know, most people, right? Most average people where you don't want to have your money tied up in car payments and uh, don't want to be leasing cars and doing all sorts of crazy stuff if you don't own it. But which car, look, look, let's just be honest, guys. Cars is a really bad investment, guys. Flat out, okay? So please don't ride around with your net worth in a vehicle. Don't ride around with with your eyeballs up to car debt. You know, please don't do this. Please, please, please. Okay, guys, listen to me, please. All right. Um, he says, okay, so you're I'm answering a question here. So, okay. so he's saying, I know you can put the fat master on a cordless master. Can you put the, put it on the, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. It goes both ways. The blade that you will, that fat master blade that you will put on a cordless master came from the corded fat master. So yeah, of course. Um, so I'm just saying to myself, like people really don't understand how the world works when it comes to taxes and things like this. So like I said before, let me go back to what I was saying. I start projecting. I make projections into the next year. I start looking at things and looking at how much I'm going to be taxed on. Uh, and we're going to talk about structure of the business. And if you guys are still with me, um, put a let's go in the comments. Put a let's go in the comments because uh, I'm going to put something on you guys' head, okay? I want to make sure you guys are actually listening. So, Shout out to everyone that's watching. 
Um, so when I do my projections, I look at how much money I'm, of course, like I have this YouTube channel, right? So I have a, I get a 1099 from Google because I make money from YouTube. Now, of course I have expenses that are related to YouTube, but also I have expenses that are related to the barbershop and those are different. So I have my projections on like how much money I want to spend on tools. I already know how much I'm going to spend on booth rent. Like if you looked at my suite recently, it's like I have so much decorations in in my suite. Reason is these are all tax deductions. When you see barbers, I'm kidding you not, guys. When you see barbers doing the bare minimum, just know this. They're probably not smart, okay? It makes no sense for you not to have like some nice stuff around your station. It makes no sense because here's the thing. If you don't and you make a lot of money, you're going to be taxed on a lot of money. You want to reduce your tax burden by having nice things. Have a couple of ring lights. Just buy them. Who cares? It's just a couple of ring lights. If you're making six figures, 80000 70000 $60,000 as a bar, who cares about a couple of ring lights? You know, spend a little bit of extra money on stuff. It's all a tax deduction, right? Especially when it's tax deductible. Like when you really think about it, all these things are tax deductible. Just think of this you're getting a discount on what you're buying. So you buy something that's a hundred dollars. I don't know the, the tax deduction rate, but you're getting a discount on the stuff you're, that you're buying because it's a tax deduction. And that is true. Not all barbers love what they do. That is the problem. Yeah, and this is true. Not a, a lot of barbers look at it as a, a profession. I do. And you could tell this like before, like the day we went into quarantine, I put up a whole bunch of stuff in the barbershop. I put up a barber pole. I put up a bunch of like 10 signs and I still want to decorate my bar, uh, the suite that I work in even more because I'm trying to have a whole bunch of stuff in my suite because I'm like, Hey, it's nice to make all this money, but I don't want to be taxed on all this money. So I'm going to buy some nice stuff. I'm going to decorate the place. I put the flat screen in there. You, I mean, look, if you guys remember the podcast from when I used to do it in the barbershop, you guys know, but it looks a lot different now than back then uh, was a few months ago because I decorated a lot more and I still have a lot more to put, put up. He said, watching your vids made me realize how much my barber doesn't care. Sad. Too bad I'm not near you because you can just come to me. But here's the thing. You need to learn how to structure your business as a barber. What do I mean by that? Okay. Now, here's what I mean by that. A lot of barbers wonder, right? What should they do? Should they get a DBA? Should they just be a sole proprietor? Should they get an LLC? What should you do? Here's what I'm going to tell you. Okay. If you don't have shit, if you don't have things, assets, things that you worry about. Okay. Okay. So Lyle Robertson, he said at my barbershop, we're taxed on the turtle earnings for the week. And then we pay taxes come April. I'm paying rent, not commission. That's what's up. Exactly. Um, so, you're asking, can you give us an example on a tax write-off on something you wrote off? I just don't get how you're supposed to write it off. Per, well, I, I, re, I hope you're listening because I just gave you some examples. I just decorated my barbershop with more stuff. I bought a barber pole off of Amazon. 
It's like a little over hundred or no eBay, hundred bucks. I bought a bunch of 10 signs. They were like maybe 10 to 15 bucks a pop. I got like eight of them or something like that. Um, I go to, I go to antique stores and I look for antique barber stuff to put in my barbershop. Just, well, I'm just calling my barbershop cause it's my suite. So, you know, it is what it is. These are all tax write-offs. That chair that I have in my suite, for those of you that know the layout of my suite, I, I bought that and then I bought a stool that to match that goes with it. I got it at Ikea. That chair was like 250 bucks. The stool, I think was another 70. This stuff is all tax write-offs. So when you go out, and this is one thing you need to realize, you can hire a CPA, you can have a CPA, make your life easier, especially if you do not understand the taxes and tax codes and all this stuff. I understand it on an intermediate level. I'm, I'm, I would not say that I'm a CPA or anything because it, one, it's not my job. Two, tax law is always changing and I, I can't just keep up with it. And especially with the HEROES Act that's about to pass here, what, probably like July, they're going to have other stuff. They already put in, in the, uh, the stimulus four pack that they're cutting payroll taxes for some barbershop owners. So if, if you're a barbershop owner, that especially if you um, worry about payroll taxes, you know, that's one thing you have to worry about. I don't have to worry about that. Cause, you know, I'm not doing payroll taxes. Here's the thing. When you do this stuff, you turn it in and it will calculate the whatever software you use or your CPA. They'll know how to calculate that or their software will automatically calculate it. This isn't like the old days where you got to like really like do every single number. There's software now, all sorts of stuff is really it'll it'll just do it for you. You don't have to do any of that stuff. So here, let's just talk about some tax write offs as a barber while we're at it. OK, so decorations right we already talked about the decorations we have equipment right so we got your your tools like combs brushes um clippers trimmers um the marvicide sprays like all all, all of those sorts of things then you have uh then you have what other category is there oh meals OK, and this is another one that pisses me off. OK, now. As far as I remember, unless the tax law has changed. You can write off your meals. However, you're they're only going to write off 50 percent of your meals because the, the government looks at it this way. You already have to eat anyway, so they're not going to tax your meals 100 percent. So they tax your meals at 50 percent. Um, So you can write off your meals. Now, this is where this pisses me off. You get these barbershop owners that are so cheap. They don't want to like pay for everyone's lunch or something or maybe like do like a weekly uh, like lunch where he like maybe caters a lunch for the barbershop or do something once a month for the barbershop. Maybe just has a cookout or something. Why not? Right. It, it's it, it's good for your business. It, it can only enhance your business. And then when you think about it, you're getting a 50 percent write off on all this food or actually, you know what? I think. When, if I remember correctly on the tax law, if you do something like this for your business, if you have a cookout or something, I think this is a hundred percent. It's able to be written off a hundred percent. But if you just go to lunch, that is written off at 50%. So that pisses me off when this is a tax write off. This is a business, especially if you're a business owner and you're making a lot of money in the barbershop. Why not? It's a tax write-off. Like barbers are so cheap, it really pisses me off 
because they're like, man, I'm not trying to pick up this. Why are barbers so cheap? And it really is a bad reflection on barbers as a whole because you're like, man, it makes people feel bad for you because it's like, man, is life that bad? Shoot, you don't even want to pick up the tab? Like me personally, shoot, I'm willing to pick up the tab. You come out to lunch with me, I'm willing to pick up the tab because I, what I want to do, I'm going to use my I'm going to use my card that I pay with all my expenses. I'm going to use that, boom. And yeah, I'm I'm going to make sure I take that receipt. And boom, I get the tax write-offs. We're going to talk about some barbering, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to make that tax write-off. So, for you that want to be cheap and then once comes tax time, you don't have your business structure uh, properly. And let's say you make 60 grand per year and now you're going to be taxed on all of that 60 grand. Okay. And you're going to be like, Oh, I only got booth rent. Um, I bought one pair of clippers. Um, um, that, yeah, that's all I got. And you're going to get taxed out the ass. So please understand the tax laws. Okay. Now let's go into some other things that you can write off on your taxes. So we talked about decorations tools and equipment, meals. Um, if you're a house call barber, you can write off mileage and stuff like that. I don't do house calls. So I'm not, I don't even worry about stuff like this. Um, you can do clothes like your clothing, which, you know, it's like, Hey, get you a nice smock, you know, get you some nice capes, you know, get you some nice shoes, some pants or something. Um, you know, you can do things like this. Um, there, and there's other categories that break down, uh, what is able to be written off. And I wish I had my, my taxes in front of me. Otherwise I can go through all the line items, but I can't remember. I did my taxes. Ooh, I think in March. Yeah. Yeah. I did my taxes in March. So I, I can't remember exactly, um, everything you're asking, has it been difficult getting 360 GZ as a, as an interview? Um, no, it hasn't because I have not asked him. So, um, I'm going to be honest. Like I really have slowed down. Obviously, as you guys notice, I've slowed down on the interviews and all the stuff and it just is what it is. I'm just like, whatever, you know, like, you know, someone wants to come to me. Cool. I'm not, I don't know. I mean, I'm just kind of done with reach, reaching out to people over and over and scheduling and, all the that stuff so it's like hey you can come to me which is kind of what happened with the lady from andis the global lead educator or whatever i got her bit her title is ridiculous but yeah they reached out to me um to get her on so and that was cool talking to her building a relationship great um now how do are, are you guys still in the building put a put a let's go in the comments and, and we're going to talk about like structuring the business okay put a let's go in the comments. So you're saying, uh, I am a store manager making six figures, but I hate my job. I've done it for 10 years, bro. I'm on the fence of making the jump to barbering. It's a huge risk, but I love what I do. That's a tough one, man. That's a tough one because to sacrifice, to sacrifice six figures for barbering, which in the beginning, it can be a slow grind. Um, it can be a slow grind. Um, now it's possible that you can replace that same amount of money in barbering. It might take you a year or two, but if that's what you're willing to sacrifice, if you really love barbering, I mean, I would just say, go for it. You know, my thing is follow the things you're passionate about and the money will follow. And I don't mean just like, dude, I want to be a, 
I want to be a rodeo stripper. Like, no, no. I'm talking about like legitimate stuff, you know. Just follow it. Put a good plan together. Like, don't follow a dream that is fruitless, okay? And I know a lot of people do this. They just want to be like, oh, I want to follow my dreams. I, I listened to this dude. He told me just just go after it. And like, sometimes you got to be calculated. So be calculated with it. You know, put yourself in some good positions to win. And you can do it, you know, if you go into the barber uh, field. I'm not sure if you have experience cutting hair already. So, like, would it be you starting from ground zero? You know, that would be a little bit tough. But, of course, that just takes some dedication. You know, if you're if you're dedicated to do it, you can do it, okay? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you believe it, do it. You know, I would say don't just, you know, let me rev you up and then you quit your job tomorrow. You know what I mean? Make sure you're financially secure before you do all this and make these decisions so you're not strapped for money, you know, and then then you'll be okay. It's just like when I moved from Florida to Texas, although if I, I mean, if you guys been around for a while, you know the story, but listening to that story, you might think like, what the hell? Yeah, this is true. But I had tens of thousands of dollars, you know, it wasn't like I just was like, all right, let's move family. Like, like no, <laughs> you know, we had a plan, you know, I had money, you know, we were planning to buy the house when we got here. And yeah, so it wasn't like I, I was just like, I'm hopping on the first thing smoking. I'm on the Greyhound and I'm moving to Texas. Like, no, no, that's not how that works. Um, But let's go back to taxes. OK, so for those of you that are barbers, the, the question should I be a DBA? Should I be a sole proprietor? Should I be an LLC? Let me go back to this because I, I was about to talk about it and then I got distracted with something. So you need to understand how valuable are you. If you don't have shit, then just be a DBA or sole proprietor, okay? If you don't have any assets, don't worry about that stuff because no one's coming after your ass for anything. Someone like me who has assets, who has stuff, you know, who, who has stuff. <laughs> I need to have an LLC or an, or a corporation. Okay. So here's another thing on why you should get an LLC or do a corporation. Now let's say you're a barber and you make, let's say you make $60,000 a year. Yeah. Let's just, yeah. Let's say you make 60 to a hundred thousand dollars a year. We'll just, cover a wide variety of ranges and all of these are possible ranges. This is nothing far fetched here. So, but we'll just talk about that or a hundred. Yeah. hundred thousand. Cause that's just an even number. I don't want to use a 60 example because you guys might just be thrown off by the numbers, but let's say you make a hundred thousand dollars a year, but you want to be the LLC. And it goes back to what I said about your taxable income. You don't want to just be a sole provider or DBA or just have a regular LLC and you make $100,000 a year, and you're taxed on $100,000 a year, you're going to pay, oh my goodness, I wish, you know, damn it, I wish I, I had the calculator in front of me to tell you how much money you're going to pay in taxes by doing something so stupid, or let's just say, okay, let's just say you make 100000 you gross $100,000, but you net eighty five, right, because you keep your expenses low, booth rent may be cheap, whatever, but you net eighty five. That's a lot of money to be taxed on and you're making a big mistake. A lot of barbers make this big mistake come tax time. And 
if you don't know anything about taxes, just hire a CPA, guys. Hire a good one, but hire a CPA, someone who's knowledgeable on barbering and you know small business, self-employed people. Hire a good CPA, okay? Don't just go to the first one you find. Hire a good CPA. Now, could you do these things yourself? I'm going to be honest. You can. You can do your taxes yourself. It, it's not that difficult. I know you guys might be like, oh, man, it's like a lot to do. Doing your taxes is not that difficult, guys. I'm just going to be honest with you. If you if you have a real, if you have a basic understanding of tax law, not too difficult. If you have intermediate uh, knowledge of the tax law and things like this, the tricky part is keeping up with all the tax codes and all the little changes that the IRS is making. That's the tricky part and trying to get yourself out of trouble, you know, or yeah, try not to get into trouble. So what you're going to do if you make $100,000 a year, you don't want to be taxed on that net $85,000 a year. What you need to do is set your business up as a corporation, an S-corp. You can either just file or register yourself as an as a S-corp or you can file under an LLC as an S-corp. Okay? So if you right now, if you're listening to me, if you have an LLC and you're a barber, you can file as an S-Corp under that LLC. Now, you're going to have to do a little change in your paperwork. I think you can do it as late as March 15th. Um, I, I think you can. I think you can do it as late as March 15th to change it over. Like I say, I'm just an idiot on YouTube. You want to fact check me on that. I, I Actually, you really should fact check me on that because I would not want you to wait till March 15th to that deadline, which I think it is, March 15th. I wouldn't want you to wait to that deadline and then do it, and then you can't, and you just got to file it as an LLC again, and now you're taxed on your $85,000 net profit. Don't do that. Do it during uh, 2020. Yeah, do it during this year. And if you guys didn't know, they extended the tax deadline to July 15th, guys. So if you haven't done your taxes yet, you got until July 15th. Now, here's another thing. Actually, you know what? No, let's not go too far forward. Let's talk about the S-Corp thing. Now, there are some advantages of doing an S-Corp, and then there's some a lot of advantages of filing as an S-Corp. Now, with the S-Corp, you got to be careful because, you know, you got to put yourself on uh, payroll. You got to pay yourself a, distri- uh, a distribution. So let's say that 85, we'll just say 80, right? Let's just say you have $20,000 in expenses. We're not going to do 85. That's just too complicated. And I know you guys probably ain't busting out no damn calculators. All right. So that $80,000 a year uh, net income that you're going to be taxed on. You do not want to be taxed on the full 80. If you if you're still listening to me in the comments, type, let's go. okay? type, let's go, because you guys are real quiet. I'm not sure if you guys are just soaking up all the information or you're just in amazement by the knowledge. But type, let's go in the comments if, if you if you're still hanging in there with me. So the $80,000 that you're taxed on, you don't want to be taxed on the full thing. So now what you're going to do with the S-Corp, what that allows you to do is take a distribution. Now, what is that? What is, what is the, what's the distribution you guys are talking about? The distribution is your corporation, you're, put, you're making yourself an employee. So you're going to pay yourself under your LLC. You were an employee to your LLC. So you're going to pay yourself. Let's say you put yourself on a, you're going to be on a salary, right? This is an hourly work. You're going to put yourself on a salary. Now you have to determine that that actually has to be a reasonable salary for the amount that you make. Now this all depends. Okay. 
let's say you make 200,000 net, right? We're talking net. Let's say you make 300,000 net, okay? Here's what you can't do. You can't net to 300,000 or even 100,000. You can't net 100, 200, 300,000 and then take a 20% or take a $20,000 a year salary. You can't do that. It's too suspicious. It's a good way to get yourself in trouble, okay? It has to be a reasonable salary to the earnings, okay? So let's say you net 100,000. But you take a salary of $40,000, right? You could maybe you do $30,000 as a salary. Maybe, right? If you can get away with it. I would consult with your CPA before you try and pull one of these fast moves of like trying to take a 30% um, salary, which means your your salary is $30,000. And then the, the $70,000 that's left in the uh, corporation, you're taking that as a distribution. You got to talk with your CPA on that one. I would be more comfortable taking a $40,000 salary, but <laughs> Hey, you see esoteric truth. He's uh, I, I'm not sure how true it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you don't want to try to screw the IRS. Like it's just, it's not good. Okay. You, you, you don't want to do that. But if that's true, you know, private membership association instead of a corporation, you don't have to pay tax. I'm not sure. I'm not. I've never heard of that. So I can't speak to it. So I don't know how true it is. Of course, check with your CPA. You know, I haven't heard of this. I've talked to many different CPAs and I just haven't heard of that. Um, but yes, but back to the distribution. So you'll take your distributions. No, of course, with the LLC or S Corp. You have to operate it within certain guidelines. So, like I said earlier, there are some pros and cons to that. Now, that is one of the cons. Why is that a con? Because a lot of people are lazy. A lot of people, <laughs> he's I would never steer brother on. I'm gonna have to look into. It. I'm gonna have to talk to some people. But you, you don't want to do something like that. Okay. So I, I hope you guys understand that. Uh, and you, you want to structure your business the right way so you can maximize your tax liability because there's no fun paying tons of money. This is like how corporations get away with paying very little in taxes. This is how people in real estate get away with not paying anything in taxes, right? You know, you, you let's say you're a first time home buyer, right? And check this out. Like, this is how amazing I'm, we're getting away from Barbara and we're getting into real estate, but this is how amazing real estate is. You can get into a house with zero dollars, right? If you're a first time home buyer, you know, you can find one of those grants or something that's out there for first time home buyers. Have them pay your closing costs. You get granted the money. Get into the house as your primary resident. Live there for a few years. If you buy smart and buy a house, buy a house below uh, market value in a good market, right? Where it appreciates over a few years. Then at that point, you can sell the house and take the profits tax-free. Really, real estate is great. And there's so many other tax advantages when you have real estate. Let's say you stay there for 10 years, but then now the house, um, you want to sell the house, right? Here's what you can do. Let's say the ha you bought a house for $200,000. 10 years later, it went up $100,000. 
Now, at that point, you're going to be taxed on $100,000 capital gains. Now, to avoid these capital gains, what you can do in real estate is you could do a 1031 exchange where it's basically just telling the government that I'm not going to take these capital gains out and go spend it in the strip club, spend it at the casino, go fly around the world and do dumb stuff. Because if that's the case, they need to get their money. They need to get that piece of the pie. Okay. What you're telling the government is you're going to put that money back into real estate. You're going to promise them like I'm putting this money back into real estate. So you're going to delay the tax. Now, there are some people in real estate. What they do is they'll keep doing 1031 exchanges until the day that they die, until they never have to pay any money on taxes in real estate. And this is why real estate is so great. Um, I, lo I like real estate. Like right now, I don't want to get into real estate because I have barbering to do. So once I get to my retirement, then I'm going to get into real estate. But this is why knowing like the taxes and how to avoid taxes like this stuff helps you out immensely. Right. So you got all these properties. You can just keep deferring. You can just keep doing 1031 exchanges until the day you die. And then once you die, you don't have to pay anything. You know, you got all this property. You, you've made all this money. But of course, you put all of this money back into real estate. Right. So you take the hundred thousand dollars. You may take, let's say. Use a third of it right now. Let's say you just use all. Yeah, let's say you use like ninety thousand dollars of it and you use thirty thousand dollars to buy three properties. Now you're cash flowing these properties and you're using this money to one, build your wealth and your net worth through assets, which is real estate. And then you're also getting cash flow. Real estate's amazing, guys. Real estate is amazing. Um, you said you're not sure if I spoke on it earlier, but what's the best practice do you do to put money to the side for tax season? Okay, that's great. And I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, I would have I probably would have forgotten this. Now, okay, if you're a barber, there's a few ways. You can pay your taxes monthly, you can pay them quarterly, or you could just pay them annually when, when the tax deadline comes. The, the problem is with some people is they don't budget for this. They don't, which is kind of dumb because you know when tax time, you know April 15th or April 15th or April 18th, whatever like little delays they might have, but you know it's mid-April. Why did you not prepare for this? Now, here's a few things you can do. Like I said, you can pay them monthly. You can pay them quarterly. Or what you can do is, in here's a okay. Let me rewind a little bit. You don't want to be irresponsible with your money as a barber. I've talked about this in another podcast where you need to. Okay. So in my house, right, we have an emergency fund of money, right? Like you guys see me doing my stock portfolio updates where I'm like putting money into the market, but we still have emergency fund money, right? Which you should have. You should have an emergency fund. You should have some fuck you money on the sidelines. You should have some money on the sidelines like hey, just in case some things go left in life. Now, the same thing should apply to your business if you're a barber, which pisses me off when barbers say like, oh, can I, I'm, I'm short on the booth rent or... Oh, I can't pay booth rent this week or, oh, they just quit working at the barbershop. They'd pack up and leave because they can't pay booth rent this week. Barbers should have money on the sidelines just in case times get slow. Like now, right? The barbershop is damn slow right now. I have money on the sidelines for this. It's no surprise to me like this. 
is what I, I I expected this. But even without me expecting it, I have money on the sidelines for this. So when it comes to the tax season, here's one strategy, right? You got to be disciplined to do this. Come the beginning of the year, all of the money that you make in that first month or two, maybe three, depends on, you know, how much you're getting taxed, how much you got to pay. Hope it's not too much. But you need to set this money aside for, for taxes. Now, you'll know how much you'll be you'll be taxed. You can do a quick calculation on this, you know, find out how much, you know, what's your. Um, um, geez, what, I can't think of the damn word. What's your. Um, geez, what's the tax percentage or whatever they call it? I, I can't even remember, but you can find out what that is. Calculate how much you're going to get taxed on and then say, OK, yeah, I'm, I'm going to roughly pay about this much in taxes. But it also goes back to another thing. Um, whoever was asking, like, what to what else do you write off? You can write off continued education. OK, so like let's say you want to pay for a webinar. Right. Let's say you want to attend a class. Let's say this class is a week. It's a thousand dollars. I encourage you guys to do this stuff. These are all tax write-offs. You get multiple benefits from it. It's a tax deduction. And you also gain knowledge in your career to better you, to help you make more money. So you're saving money and making money at the same time. Who doesn't like to do that? Um, other things. You can go to these shows. Go to hair shows. Go to CT Barber Expo. Go to LV Barber Expo. Go to BarberCon. Go overseas. Like if you've never been overseas, get your passport. Fly overseas. You could write off the airfare. You could write off all the, you know, the meals, the hotel, stuff like this, rental car. You could write all of this stuff off. Write off the, the the show expenses. If you buy stuff at the show, you can write that stuff off. If you make a lot of money and you're worried about getting taxed a lot, I behoove you to do stuff like this. Especially, like I say, if you're using the S Corp example, and you took that distribution of 40 grand, you know, you want to, you want to start getting the tax write-offs, you know, like, all right, I hear there's a show in the UK or I hear there's a show in France. Hey, I've never been to France. I want to see the Eiffel tower, book you a flight to France, buy your ticket for the thing, buy tickets for other stuff at the thing. It's all tax write-offs. This stuff's all tax write-offs. And this was one thing that I was looking at to doing this year, because like I was telling you guys, my income was on pace to pretty close to double this year, which pisses me off with the whole Rony Rona situation. But that's life, which is life, right? Um, I was planning on going to shows. Look, we can't go to CT. That CT is canceled. I'm not even sure if they're going to have an LV Barber Expo. I'm not even sure they're going to have a BarberCon. So it's tricky. So maybe, you know, you might see me doing some continued education. Uh, maybe I'll just pop up in a class just for no damn reason. You know, <laughs> you know, just spend some money. This is why, you know, you see big corporations, they, they, they budget out their money. Um, you know, you see they, they, they allocate dollars for certain things. This is why they have CFOs and they have accountants. They have people looking at the books and they're like, Okay, yeah, they're 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 estimating their quarterly earnings. You know, this is why they they do they do this work on the fiscal year. They start prepping 
so they can get ready for next year. I do the same thing. I start getting ready. Like I was getting ready for next year, last year, well, this year, last year. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to look at my projections. I'm going to look at the numbers. And I'm going to say, you know, like this year, I was like, man, I need to buy some more tools, which is why you guys saw me buy two pair of cordless masters, which is why you guys saw me buy those damn Babyliss silver FXs, which is why you guys saw me decorating my uh, the barbershop so crazy, putting all sorts of crazy stuff up in there. You know, like I need some tax write offs, you know, I need I need some more stuff. So it just makes sense, guys. Like this is what I'm I'm trying to tell you guys, like. You got to start being smart because if you don't think with your head, you're going to pay with your wallet and uh, you really don't want to do that. Uh, let me go. If you guys have questions, drop them in the comments. And if you're still in the building, type let's go because, uh, yeah, I'm not going to be on here much longer. OK, so if you got questions, drop them in the comments and type let's go. If you if you feeling it, if you learn something from it, type let's go in the comments. OK, helped you guys out with some stuff. And all that. All right. So it says Chris Basio seems like he's also good with money management as well. Unfortunately, not many barbers are smart with money. That is true. Uh, question. Do you use Excel for expenses? Okay. That's a good question because a lot of barbers I ask, like, how do I track stuff? And I get tired. Look, there's a couple of barbers in my barbershop. Like they, you, they write stuff down, right? They write in a, literally in a notebook, right? Like, like this is the old school, like, come on. It, come on, it's, it's no, like you can't do that. Like, no, no, no. Now, here's what I use. I use Square to take payments, okay? I use Square to take payments. I'll, of course, I take cash and I log I log all of my stuff, right? Because here's the thing. I log all my money, right? I'm putting it all in here. I'm putting the cash in here. I'm, I'm accounting for all of my tips. I'm putting it in here. Now, why is that? And I'm going to answer your question about Excel here in a second. Why is that? Now, for those of you that don't know, that don't own a home, that don't have property, that maybe it's hard for you to get a car because they're like they can't justify it. Ooh, that's a good question too. Um, r- remember to if I don't ask, answer that question, guys. If you have questions, drop them in the comments because we're about to close this thing out in probably like ten minutes. Okay, so. Um, what was I saying? I think I was talking about Excel. I just got sort of sidetracked. What the hell was I just talking about? Oh, oh, Barber's um, writing stuff down on paper. Now, there's so many different softwares out here to use as a barber. Uh, and not even just a barber, just anyone, right? Uh, I think Intuit has something, QuickBooks. I think maybe QuickBooks and Intuit is the same thing. I'm not sure. But I do not use Excel. Actually, I use Excel, well, not even Excel. It's like Google Sheets. I use Google Sheets, which is pretty much Excel because the formula and the the layout of it is the same. And I remember, like, if you guys watch my stock market videos, if you ever look at my dividend tracker, that's done in Google Sheets, which is pretty much like Excel. But I actually use numbers because I have a MacBook Pro. So I use numbers. So um, back in the day when I was in the military, I had an office job. We worked on computers a lot. So we would build Excel, uh, spreadsheets for people to track stuff and things like this. So I still have the knowledge of how to build a spreadsheet in Excel, Google sheets, uh, Apple numbers. So what I did is in numbers, I created my own way of tracking, uh, stuff. You know, it's funny though. 
I didn't do this specifically for barbering. If you guys didn't know, I used to have a taxi business many years ago. So I created this thing in Apple numbers where I used it to track my employees, to track how much money they make, to track how much money I make, the expenses and all this stuff. And I did all the formulas. I put everything together. I created it in Apple numbers. So then when I got into barbering, I just used the same thing. Um, I mean, I guess if I, if you, well, I don't know how, if you guys would really want it, right? Because I'm like, you know, it's not that, I mean, I guess like some people might have find it hard to do this and put all the formulas together and create the charts and stuff, which it, it's, I'm going to be honest, it's really not that difficult because <laughs> uh, on my Patreon, which is a link in the t- description below, I'm going to put a link to my Google uh, dividend tracker, my Google Sheets dividend tracker, where you can, if you guys are into stock markets or stocks or into dividend growth investing like I am, like you can use the same formulas or just basically copy all the formulas that I use because a lot of the stuff in my dividend tracker, a lot of the stuff is pulled from certain websites like Google Finance, uh, I think Google Focus, Reuters, no, different websites. I have a lot of different uh, uh different things that are pooled. They're populated. A lot of the information in my dividend tracker is not, I don't man, there's some items I have to manually input, but a lot of the stuff is like automatically populated from different websites. But, um, but as far as like that, yeah, you want to track your expenses and do it that way. It makes everything easy. I track all of my stuff every month to really keep track of my monthly spending. I don't just like some people just blindly just put the stuff all together and they just calculate it at the end of the year and just like, oh, like a surprise. I don't like surprises. My wife knows this. Now you guys know this. I don't like surprises. So I look at my monthly expenses and if I went over a month, I'm like, holy sh-. I'm like, man, I spend a lot of money on expenses this month. Now, some of it's OK because maybe I you know, I factored in a purchase or maybe, you know, which is why if you look at my expenses from last year, I start ramping it up towards the end of the year because I'm like, let me start spending some money. You know, I started just buying a bunch of stuff, you know, and this is when you see people, they'll buy like, a, uh, uh, what's that thing Apple makes the iPod? No, not an iPod iPad. Damn it. <laughs> what is wrong with me? Okay. So you'll see people, they'll buy an iPad for their business, buy an iPad for their business, use it. And then they'll just turn it into personal use. People do this all the time, guys. I kid you not, guys. People do this all the time. And this is a tax write-off. So you're getting a discount on this iPad. You can buy, I don't know how much iPads go for these days, but let's just say it costs 800 bucks. You get a discount on it because you can write this off in your taxes. And then after a few years, let's say you upgrade it. Then now you just pass this little iPad down to your kids. People do this all the time. (laughs) people do this all the time. So you're asking me what's keeping you from owning your own shop. If so, would you do it in Texas? All right. That is a great question. And I'm going to give you guys some news. Okay. All right. So in my garage outside in my backyard, my garage, I have a lot of stuff, a lot of decorative pieces for a barber shop, a lot of decorative pieces for a barbershop. Now, my plan was to open, literally open the world's biggest barbershop. It was going to be at least 10,000 square feet, just pure madness, just purely ridiculous. Like the most ridiculous barbershop 
Oh, as you can imagine, just just straight up ignorant. And I was like, man, this is going to be dope. It's going to it's just going to be basically a barbershop, but it's going to be like the playhouse, it's like Pee Wee's Playhouse. Right. <laughs> Minus the Pee Wee. Right. And his shenanigans. But. Now, what happened, what ha- happened was. I planned my retirement, me and my wife, like we planned our retirement. And I talked about this last week and last week's podcast. If you guys and if you if you guys want to support the channel, right, um, you know, you can send super chats, right? There's that little money button at the bottom of the chat. I always tell people, don't send me money through the super chat. Support the channel through the Patreon. The Patreon, you can sign up. There's two different tiers. There's a $3 tier and a $6 tier. You could donate to the channel through the Patreon. And you'll also get other videos to the in, in the Patreon. And I talk about like personal development, you know, personal finance, responsibility, manhood, blah, 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 stocks and things like that. So you get videos. So you're not just donating for the, you know, which is cool. You could donate, but you also get content to go along with it. So it's almost like a mentorship program, if you will, the, the, the Patreon. And I talk about the psychology of certain things, the psychology of money and, you know, things like this. So if you want to check this stuff out, check this out on the Patreon. Now I talked about last week, planning your retirement. This is crucial because in planning my retirement, our, I should say our retirement, because I know my wife's probably listening, our retirement, it put a whole lot of stuff into perspective and it really put me more on a focused goal. Now in planning my retirement, I did not see a barbershop in that vision. A barbershop was not there. When Now, here's, the, here's my short-term goal when it comes to the finance, right? I want to, for us to become millionaires. That's the goal, short-term. Long-term goal, multi-millionaires, right? That's the long-term goal, which I got to focus on the first one first because they always say the first one's harder than once you get to the first million, the second million is easy to make. Same thing like with YouTube. Like, I don't remember the first hundred subscribers I make, but if you just talk about landmarks, I remember the first thousand subscribers I I got on YouTube. It took me like two to three years, probably like somewhere in between two and three years. That's a long ass time. The next thousand subscribers, it took me no time to get 2000 subscribers. It was easy. The time it took me to get to 10,000 subscribers from 1000 subscribers, it wasn't two to three years. Like it was for me to make that first thousand subscribers. It took no time at all. If you guys look at the channel now, I'm almost to 20,000 subscribers. So once you hit these landmarks, the other one, little landmarks become easier and easier. This is why I'm focused on like first I'm like, okay, I'm, you know, my thing is if you sign up to the Patreon, it's all about that. Like if you want some mentorship you, and I can do custom videos for you guys on Patreon, that's what the Patreon is for. You send me messages. We do custom videos, blah, blah, blah. Um, I have short-term goals, right? So want to become a millionaire. So become a millionaire. I know it may be hard at first. I honestly don't think it's going to be that hard. This is what I'm trying to tell you. It's a lot easier than you think to get rich, especially if you living in America, it's actually pretty easy guys. If you do some smart stuff with your money, your investments and things like this, it'll be pretty easy. So we're going to retire at a certain age. My wife's going to retire at a certain age and we're going to make some money in retirement. Like, so when I retire, it's not like I'm going to just be doing absolutely nothing. I'm still going to be having my other streams of income working for me. 
Okay. I'm still going to have my, uh, uh, additional streams of income working for me, but I'm going to give up barbering. I'm not going to be in the barber shop anymore. Okay. So that's been a part of the plan. And when I saw that a barber shop was not in the plan because I started looking at it like this. If I open up a barber shop, how long will it take me to make a profit? I don't know. You know, cause I doubt I'll make a profit right away. Right. I could maybe a couple years. I can make me a profit, but I told myself, I don't want to deal with this headache of dealing with a barber shop and, Having to, because I know what it's like to run a business. It's not, it's not cute. It's not anything fun. It's not what everyone thinks it is, where it's like fun and games and, oh, you the boss. Oh, you can come and go as you please. All of those things are the furthest from the truth. So I don't have a desire to open up a barbershop anymore. That was a very long answer. Sorry. Okay. Jaden says, uh, Chris Bozio is always talking about the importance of selling products and having a side income. How do you feel about product selling? And are there other side hustles that you think are more productive? Yeah, there's plenty of things that are more productive. And what do I think about uh, product sales? I sell, I have my own product line. I sell it within the barbershop. It's great. Imagine you sell a product a day. That's an extra 20, well, whatever you price it at, right? Let's just say you make $15 profit on your product. You know, let's just keep it, keep it real, right? Let's say you make $15 profit on each product that you sell. Let's say, you sell, let's say you sell a product a day. All of that money, let's say because that's just additional money, right? Like additional streams of income. That's just additional money. So imagine if you put that money every day towards an investment account and you did that for five to 10 years plus. Imagine what's going to happen with that money. Imagine what's going to happen with compound interest over time. I made a video, guys. Lately, I've been doing a lot of like talking about money videos, talking about other stuff videos. Guys, please watch these videos. These videos are very important to you guys. And I'm about to start getting pissed off and I can tell I'm starting to get pissed off. Guys, watch these videos. These videos don't even get a lot of views. And I understand it because people think they're like, oh, I got it. I'm good with money. son. I got on Like this is my money. You can't tell me how to spend my money. I'm not trying to help tell you how to spend your money. Especially if you're broke right now, you should probably be listening even more. If you were struggling through coronavirus, you should probably be listening even more. Okay. Now, in the video, I talked about the power of compound interest. I think that's the name of the video. You guys can go check this out when this is done. Once it's done, or you can search it now on the channel, save it for later, put it in like a watch list or whatever, and then watch it. It's very important to understand the power of compound interest and what that does to your money over time and what that does when you each year that goes by and you do not invest your money into something that video will get you pissed off. Okay. And it's important additional. And I'm going to make a video talking about my six streams of income. I have six streams of income. I mean, if I, if I really peeled the layers of the onion back, I could probably say like I have eight streams of income, but I really have like six streams of income. Okay. So I'm going to make a video. I need to just do it. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it eventually. Um, yeah, let's see. What's today? Wednesday. I'll, I'll, I'll put that video out next week. Oh, yeah. I'll put that video out next week. Um, my six streams of income and like the power of having additional streams of income, because when I go into retirement, all of the, when I look at the, all of these streams of income that I have, when I look at it 10 years from now, I'm still going to have all of these streams of income, which over time, these streams of income should increase. Some of them should actually. 
Some of them should, some of them may stay the same, but those streams of income are going up. So once it comes time for me to retire, all of my additional streams of income can potentially replace my regular income. This is the, like, I'm going to give you guys some game, like, cause we don't talk, we don't went from taxes to personal finance and stuff like that. When you have side gigs, side hustles, whatever, trying to create additional streams of income, you want your additional streams of income to grow at a level where it can replace your regular job. And then you can, this is why I tell you guys, it's so important to have fuck you money because when you have fuck you money, you don't have, you don't have the same stresses in life as other people. You don't have to worry about, man, my boss said this to me or, oh man, they threatened me to do this or, oh man, I can't. I can't go go here because when you have fuck you money, life is a lot different. The way you look at things is a lot different. The way you walk is different, okay? So get you some additional streams of income. And I'm going to be honest with this with the six streams of income that I told you about, I would I don't even this is what I said. I could peel back the layers and like probably give you eight. I don't even put product sales in my additional streams of income. I just put that as like whatever, you know. But it's important to have additional streams of income, guys. It's very important. Now, here's one thing to remember with additional streams of income. Sometimes, and I'm kidding you not, it doesn't make money right away. Like you may not be doing the, the numbers that you want right away. Sometimes it takes time, okay? You gotta be patient with additional streams of income, especially depending on what it is. Now, all of my additional streams of income are slightly, uh, centered around barbering now my stock portfolio that's different and the dividends that i that i get paid every month you know that's passive income that's money that you know i have lots of passive income that i don't have to do anything for it and i get this money every month you know this is what you want youtube i have to work for this i like right now i'm i'm exchanging my time to do this podcast you know see how this works my other streams that the ones that are truly passive, those are great. Now this YouTube is more residual. So I can still get paid off of videos that I made years ago. However, I still had to put time into making those videos. Okay. So it goes back to what I said, your additional streams or your side hustles, they may not produce right away because I kid you not guys earlier this year, my YouTube channel just became profitable. My YouTube channel just became profitable. I've been doing YouTube for about, was it 2020? Started this channel in 2015. Oh wow, so it's been close to like five years. I've been doing this and my channel just became profitable. And people always ask me about YouTube, like, oh, how much money can you make? Oh, how do you get paid? I always tell people, don't do YouTube if you're just trying to make some money. Do it because you love it. Do it because you love making videos. You like helping people or you just like, like whatever you're passionate about something, right? That's going to keep you motivated. That's going to keep you in it. That's going to keep you to the point where you could actually start seeing some of the profits. I could have quit YouTube a long time ago because I'm like, Hey, this ain't profitable, right? I'm not making money. Like, Oh man, like, I'm not seeing the money come in. Like I'm, I'm having to spend a lot of time to do this. Now I'm starting to get checks. Okay. So you guys see me when I do my stock portfolio videos where I'm like, all right, I deposited 600 bucks this week. Like last week, well, let's take last week for instance, right? I deposited money last week, but some of that money was passive income. That's like free investment money, right? 
The week before that, I got my YouTube paycheck. YouTube paid the bulk of my weekly deposit, right? I, I deposited, um, I think like 900 bucks the week before. Like last week, I deposited $1,000. The week before that, I deposited 900 Um but that week where I deposited 900 YouTube deposit or YouTube contributed to the bulk of that money. So that's like, it's like free investment, which my goal is really to deposit $500 a week. Sometimes I just do a little bit more. Cause I'm just like, I'm like, I'm like vroom, vroom. Like, but YouTube is allowing me my passive income streams are allowing me to invest for free. Almost in some, in some weeks, I'm investing for free. I'm getting a free roll on my money. That is what you want. This is what you want out of passive income and your additional streams of income. You want free roll money. You can get some free roll money. This is what you want. This is what I'm telling you. When your money gets put on all pilot and you can start, when it starts generating you some really nice money, like next, next month, I'm going to have a nice check coming from Amazon from my affiliate links. If you guys ever look in the description of my videos, you know, of course, there's a link to Robinhood. You can get yourself a free stock and start investing today, which I highly encourage you guys to do. There's also a link to my Patreon. We already talked about that. But then there's also a shop Amazon link. And then, of course, if I'm doing a pair cut tutorial, a product review, or even this video, you can look there. You can look at all the gear I use, all the cameras, the lights, you know, blah, 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 this microphone. There's affiliate links to this stuff. If you buy it, I get a commission from it. You can use my shop Amazon link. So you can use that link to buy anything you want on Amazon. And if you do appreciate it. Okay. Cause I know some people are like, oh, I don't have money to donate in the super chat. Hey, use my Amazon affiliate link, shop Amazon link, use it, click on it, buy some stuff, buy whatever you want. I get a commission on it. And next month I'm going to get a paycheck from Amazon. It's going to be a nice little paycheck. Actually, this is the biggest paycheck I've ever received from an affiliate. So I'm like, man, okay. This, again, like I said, that's free money. That's a free roll on my investment. Imagine the amount of money that, okay. So look, look, let me explain this to you. Okay, guys, if you, if you still feeling me, if you are still in the building, if you haven't done this, do this, please. But in the comments type, let's go because I'm going to explain something to you. Okay. Type let's go. If you are still listening, if you are still listening, type let's go. Okay. So you're saying property is high and that's why booth rent is high in Boston. Okay. Ooh, yeah, Boston. That's a, ooh, ooh, that's an expensive city. <laughs> that's an expensive city. Yeah, the Clipper Wars, man. I, I try not to get involved in all that stuff. But check this out. So this month, when you talk about my passive income streams, for me to have... Okay. Okay. Let me, let me figure out how to word this. So my passive income streams is free roll money. That's free, right? So let's say I'm investing $2,000 a month and let's say my passive income streams brings me in an extra thousand dollars a month. That's half of the money. Now I was willing to use my, my, my uh my working capital to put towards this investment but my passive income streams brought in half of it so now i have an extra thousand so i can put in three thousand this month that's if i want to right the smart thing to do put more right it's what it is or you could use that thousand to put that payoff on some maybe pay it off on your house you know, put it down on the, the the principal on your mortgage whatever 
But let's say what like how much money would it take in a stock portfolio that pays dividends for me to get paid? Let's say that thousand dollars, right? You would have a, you would have to have a portfolio value of holy hell, damn! You would have to have a portfolio value of over two hundred thousand dollars to produce that much money every month. A thousand dollars, if if my if my just guerrilla math that's going off in my head, you'd ha- you would have to have a portfolio value of dividend companies. For, to pay you $1,000 a month, you'd have to have a portfolio value of over $200,000 to create that. Now, of course, that's one of, that's another one of my goals. I want to, you know, that's one of my goals on top of getting to the next goal. I want to get to where my dividend portfolio is paying me $1,000 a month. I'm trying to get there. But right now, my passive income streams are paying me that. So what I'm allowing that to do is I'm not doing stuff, stupid stuff with the money. I'm putting it right into my stock portfolio and I'm trying to accelerate the compound effect. This is how it works. So Jason's asking, if you're a first year barber and not making much money, should you still save, uh, stay for emergency fund insurance, future investments, blah, blah, blah. Here's what you should do. Uh, if you're a first year barber, not making much money, you should definitely, uh, save to get you an emergency fund. I'm not sure if you have a lot of debt and things like this. Um, but you definitely want to save for an emergency fund because if you're not, if you're a first year barber and you're not making a lot of money, you might fall into that category where you're like, Hey, can I, can I catch up on booth rent next week? See, you see, you see the problem there. Now that you're armed with this information, you got to do better. Okay. So we don't want to, we don't want to get ourselves put in these positions. Don't find yourself put in these positions because you know better right now, right? You know better. Now it's time to do better. Get your emergency fund ready, right? If you, you know, do the insurance, you know, the investment thing, I'm going to be honest. I w- if, you, if you're not making money, if you're not able to pay your bills, if you're struggling, money's tight, I'm going to be honest. I would not put your money into investments because what's going to potentially happen is this. Something's going to happen. But here's the thing especially if you don't have an emergency fund and you're trying to do like build up an emergency fund, you're trying to pay for insurance and then investing at the same time. What's going to happen is something might happen in route for you building up your emergency fund to do all this stuff and investing. You're going to have to pull your money out of your investments. People do this all the time. People do this all the time. They invest money. And I talked about this. If you guys go look at my, my one video talking about the 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 command the five commandments of dividend growth investing which a lot of these commandments apply to regular investing in general but go watch this video i talked about do not invest money that you do not have this is so important don't invest money that you should be putting towards an emergency fund don't invest money that you should be putting towards your house don't invest money that you should be putting towards your car or whatever when you inv- investment on any level is a risk. So invest money that you're willing to lose. Okay. You have to look at it like that. But although, you know, you'll still have safe investments, but you got to remember that at the end of the day, because a lot of people they'll end up taking money out and it goes back to the other video that I made the power of compound interest. Imagine if you had a half a million dollar stock portfolio is making good capital gains annually. You are, um, getting paid dividends, maybe not all companies, but maybe all right. So then over the years, you're getting that compound, that CAGR, the compound annual growth rate. 
you're, you're really feeling the benefits of that. And let's say you have an emergency, something happens and you got to take a hundred thousand dollars out of that portfolio. That's a big hit. That's a big hit. And especially if you spend it all, most people don't just have the capital on the sideline to replace that hundred thousand dollars. You're going to have to rebuild that up. And now you just took a big chunk out of your compound interest. So you got to be careful with that. So hope that helps. Uh, and it looks like we're going to get out of here. So he's saying uh, no one wants to learn. If you guys have a question, I'll answer one more question. So if you guys got one more question, I'll answer it uh, before. If not, I'm going to get out of here. So no one wants to learn about money management. They rather whether watch product reviews. Yep. They always get the most views. We live in a consumer driven society. And that that's really true. You know, this is why it's important right now that the nation opens back up. This is why, you know, if you just look at how much money we spend, the G the GDP uh, every year, you know, we're consumers, right? P you know, p people are in debt heavy, you know, people buy cars, food, nice stuff, you know, the stimulus checks, the whole stimulus checks, that's what they call it, stimulus checks, so you can stimulate the economy. You know, however, a lot of people have been investing, which is great, right? Because that's not your duty to stimulate the economy. Sure, the duty is to take care of your family. So, it's it's really good uh, for people to to learn about money management, not living beyond your means. Like although this stuff sounds really corny, it's really true because these are like really core principles of financial management: not living beyond your means, budgeting your money, saving and investing. You know, blah 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 blah. You know, not over leveraging yourself to death. Not and what I mean by over leveraging yourself is putting yourself out there with tons of debt. Where if something happens, something goes wrong, especially like imagine if you you're leveraged out of your mind, you don't have an emergency fund. It's like a house of cards. It's all going to come falling down because if something goes left, like let's say coronavirus for some people, right? They're over leveraged out of their eyeballs and they don't have any emergency fund money. They're like, they're, they're sitting here like, uh, like, what am I going to do? Like, uh, I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, Hey, you know, be careful, be careful. Like the, this is, these are core principles like the, this stuff. And I'm going to be honest, it's not that hard, uh, but unfortunately a lot of people don't learn this stuff. And if they learn it, it's not something that's drilled into them where they're like, okay, you know, they don't grow up with parents that tell them this. They're not constantly thinking about this. People get sidetracked with friends. They see things. They they want things. They get more money. They want to spend more money. Very, very, very dangerous, guys. So don't fall into these traps. You know, for everyone that signs up to the Patreon, like that, that's the whole point of the Patreon. The Patreon is for people that want to get rich for, for you know, for you guys out there. OK, like th that's that's the whole purpose. Look, JB to waves. That's what the Patreon is for. That is what my Patreon is for. It is a the Patreon where you can get get some good game, good knowledge and also where you can talk to other people about investing and stuff like that and blah, 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 have a community. That's what the whole Patreon is for. Like when I build up the Patreon community, I actually have some fun stuff planned for the Patreon members. Um, you know, once we get 
I say five years deep, 10 years deep, stuff like this. I have plans for this stuff. So that's actually what the Patreon is for as well. It's like an investment club, you know. So if you want to sign up for the Patreon, you know, please do. You know, it's good, good stuff, just positive stuff. Like, and I try and tell you guys that it's not hard to get rich in America. I'm not sure what age you guys are and who's in the building. It's not hard to get rich in America. It really isn't, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you right now. Like I said last week and like I said today, plan your retirement. Plan it. That's going to tell you how much money you need to be making, what time frame that you'll be able to retire. Do the numbers, guys. Numbers are fun. Don't be afraid to, to crunch the numbers. It's simple math. You're just doing adding, subtracting, dividing, multiplying. These are simple numbers. You know, we're not doing trigonometry. We're not doing calculus, okay? We're not doing algebra. Calm down. Calm down, okay? Simple math. Simple math you learn in the, like, second, third, fourth, and fifth grade. Calm down, okay? Plan it. You'll know how much money you'll need in the retirement. You'll know what type of life. You know, everyone's retirement is different. So you'll know, like, what type of life you want to live. Then you'll figure out how much money you need to make, Okay? Because getting rich, it's easy. Like you first, you gotta believe it though. Here's the thing: a lot of people don't think they can get rich. That's the problem. You gotta change your way of thinking mentally. A lot of people they're checked out. They're like, ah, oh, it's not possible. No one in my family was ever rich. No one in my family ever uh, lived a comfortable life, a good life. Trust me, guys. In America, it's easy. It's really easy. It's easy to get a job that pays decent money. Look, you don't look, look, don't worry about people that are, that make millions millions of dollars a year, six figures a year. You can make fifty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year and get rich. You could do that in less than ten years. Kid you not, guys. Like you can make a million dollars in less than ten years on a salary like that. You gotta invest. That's the thing. You gotta have investments. You gotta have your money working for you. And because I'm not talking about just saving money and just stockpiling money into a savings account and where your money's just going to lose value over time. No, I'm not, I'm not trying to have you on that type of time where where you lose the money. I'm trying to have you guys make money. That's the whole intention behind investing. And I'm going to be honest, I wish I would have started some investment club when I was in the military, when the old when the old dude told me about everything, when he told me about getting rich and you know, how to handle your money, what to do, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I wish I would have listened to him. I wish I would have had an investment club then. But you see what happens, though? People, when you see people in these little investment clubs, people laugh at them. Those are stupid people. Those are stupid people that are living paycheck to paycheck, living beyond their means, trying to look cool for everybody else, you know, trying to have fun in the moment. YOLO, right? YOLO, <laughs> you know. Listening to these celebrities and stuff, when these celebrities are all fucked up, they, they live crazy lives. Like, they have millions of dollars. You don't. You can't do that. You can't go to the club and buy the bar. You can't just buy five bottles in, in the weekend at the club. You know, you can't do that on your salary. Calm your ass down. Act your wage, okay? Be smart with your money. And I always tell people, man, like, people are not willing to take action. People are not willing to sacrifice a little bit. I talked about this. This video is on Patreon. How to save half of your money annually. The video is on Patreon. 
if you imagine if you just sacrificed and you did this for four to five years, I, I told everybody in this video, I guarantee you, you'll have six figures and you'll have six figures that's working for you. And in that case, if you want to take that money and maybe put it towards real estate, get, get you a little kickstart into real estate, you can do that. You know what you can do in real estate with $100,000, guys? Do you guys understand what you can do with a million dollars, or not a million dollars, but $100,000 getting yourself into real estate? You can buy a bunch of little properties, have a bunch of rental properties, cash flowing, and you living for free. You're making money. You're building up your net worth through other people paying you rent every month. I'm telling you, man, I'm trying to tell you. And that's another thing that the Patreon is about. So it's about getting your net worth up. That's what the Patreon is about. It's about getting our net worths up. I asked a question last week. What's your net worth? Only one person, only one person was able to be truthful. And shout out to him. I think. Dang, was it Tiago Bruno? I forgot his name. Damn, I feel bad because he says he listens to all the podcasts. So if he's listening, I know, you know, I'm talking to you. Okay. But most people don't even know their net worth. Crazy, right? Most people are driving around with their net worth. And I mean, like all of their net worth. It's not a good look, guys. So you got to step our game up, man. Got to step our game up as barbers as possible. You got to take action. You have to say enough is enough. You know, we all have a chance to do this in life. The only thing is you need to decide when that's going to be. Like I said, when we planned our retirement, it put everything into perspective, everything. And I'm going to be honest, I'm a little upset. I didn't do it sooner because when you have a plan and you're on a mission and you can like taste, like I can taste it. Like I can I can literally taste retirement right now. Like I, I can taste it. I'm like, mm. I'm like, man, I, like I can feel it. Like once you can get to that moment, that's when you will fully believe in everything you do. And a lot of people, they just don't believe that they can do it. But I'm here to tell you, you can do it, guys. Like you, 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 you can do it. I'm telling you, it is highly possible. Put a plan together executing the plan and have discipline along the way. PDE, PED, whatever you want to call it. I talked about that in that same video that's on Patreon. Use these principles to get yourself ahead in life. You can get rich, guys. Don't worry about the final goal. You need to worry about the little steps that you take to get to your end goal. Just make little, just put little markers little markers until you get there and you still, you just chop away, chop away, chop away. And then you're there. Okay. But you got to stay focused, right? You got to stay focused. Hear my words. I'm trying to, I'm trying to help you guys, man. Cause here's what I don't want a few years from now. Cause I'm going to still keep doing the stock update videos. You're going to see the portfolio value going up every week, every year. You're going to see the portfolio value going up. And then you're going to be like, Oh man, like, I wish I would have started back a few years ago. I wish you would have too. I wish you would have started, you know, I wish you would have started once I started doing the videos too. And that, that video, the power of compound interest, I'm telling you, you will get pissed off when you realize what you, what 
you wasted with two years of waiting around, a year of waiting around, when you're talking about compound interest, you're going to get pissed off. You might not feel in the beginning, but once you get close to your goals, you're going to be like, damn, I missed out on a year of this. I'm trying to tell you guys, like, stop bullshitting. You can do this. It is not hard to get rich. It's not hard to be successful. You want to retire, you know, inspired or looking good. You want to retire like with dignity. Do you want to be a burden, especially if you have kids? Do you want to retire being a burden on your family where it's like, man, like pops don't have money. Uh, okay, pops, you can stay with us or, oh man, let me, let me give you some money. Like, like, no, you want to be able to pass money down to your next generation, to your kids, and then they can manage the money and pass it down to their kids and they can build on the wealth. Change your family's name. Like this, this is what I'm trying to tell you guys, like stuff on the Patreon. This is stuff what I'm talking about. Mentorship on the Patreon guys, like you can do this stuff. I don't care what your family's telling you. I don't care where you grew up. I don't care where you come from. I don't care where you live. That's not the end of the story. That's not the end of the book. The chapter's not over. The book is not over. Okay. You can change the way this story goes from this moment moving forward, but you need to decide when that time is going to be. Okay. So I'm going to get out of here because, you know, I'm getting preachy and I'm getting pissed off. Because I, I I kid you not, I can I can like project this. I can see it already. A couple years from now, people are gonna be like, Man, man, you got this much money in this this account. I'm like, yeah. You know, like, yeah, I've been doing this, you know. Been doing this for years. Like, like, man, how do you do that? And I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna look at the little comment thing, and then it's gonna say you've been subscribed for two, three years, and I'm gonna be like, dude, I've been talking about this shit for three years. You've been around for three years. You just weren't listening. <sighs> you see, you see what I'm saying? So I'm like, dude, you thought it was cool. You, you, you know, you didn't think this was cool, right? Until you ran into some trouble. I'm telling you right now. This is why I keep pounding it in your heads, your thick ass skulls. I'm, I'm gonna get. I'm, I'm just gonna end this one, man. But yo, know, I appreciate y'all for tuning in, man. It's been your man. I do it signing out. I'll holla.